Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Issue 164.5. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. And I'm Brent Wingate. So over the next uh, few weeks, we've got two recordings a week. Uh, every Friday, you can check out Crossing Swords, which covers the massive crossover in the X-Men books, Ten of Swords, that's currently going on. And those, we do a deep dive of each of those chapters coming out that week. And we do it with uh, other podcasts, including X Reads Podcast, the podcast that goes snicked, Comic Book Queers Legacy, and House of X. Uh, and every Monday, we have our regular issue recapping all the other things happening in comics and gay-related madness. So to double your fun, listen to all the cool stuff we've got coming up. Brent, I'll turn it over to you. So this week, uh, we've got a little more detail on the Eternals movie. Uh there's a comic series that promises to resolve a true mystery. DC Comics has got a new editor. We play a uh, pitch game, Superman edition. Clark's got something, watch out. And we have some of last week's issues. Um, so let's just start with a newsflash. Well, just a very quick piece of newsflash info. So although we kind of heard strong rumors that we'd get the first episode of the Disney Plus show, WandaVision, in December, uh, you know, we thought we might see that first episode at least. Um, uh, uh, thanks to a new promo, it looks like the first episode will be coming out January 15th. So be sure to set your clocks uh, to the month setting to keep track of it. Um, also, not in very exciting news, but I just learned that they hired Dick Van Dyke uh, to be a classic sitcom consultant. I think that's exciting news. That means they actually care about what they're doing. It's really great. So I had a uh, professor in college. Uh, I took a class called The Politics of Hollywood, which I fucking loved. And he said the in the early, early nascent days of TV, the only three shows that actually broke the mold of uh, being beyond the lowest common denominator were Star Trek, Twilight Zone, and The Dick Van Dyke Show. So I am very, very happy that Dick Van Dyke is going to be a, uh, a consultant on the show. Yeah, again, the fact that they are putting in that extra effort, uh, at least to make it feel right, is exciting. Um, if vision uh, doesn't fall over an ottoman, I'm going to be furious. It, oh, my <laughs> God. If vision isn't standing in front of a conveyor belt, dispensing chocolate, trying to eat it as fast as possible because he can't wrap it. Uh, oh, he's so angry. That doesn't happen. Um, so speaking of setting your month clocks, uh, this week was going to be the original release week for Eternals, which has been bumped to who knows when. We probably should, but we got to look at Kamel Nanjiani as Kingo and a brief synopsis from what looked like a French diner uh, placemat. Um, uh, it's not super spoilery, so I am going to read what the, uh, the actual thing says. It's translated from French, so it might sound weird. Here are the Eternals. The Eternals are an extraterrestrial immortal species that come from a faraway planet and who have arrived on Earth thousands of years ago. These superheroes have protected humanity since the dawn of time. Eternals possess incredible strength and the power to fly. Some of them even have other additional powers. Coming in 2021. The return of the Deviants, a race of alien predators, pushes the Eternals to unite their powers. Working as a team, they can save the world. Um, so <laughs> God, it uh certainly is more stilted, uh, being translated out of French. Sounds but, like a smart nine year old, yeah. <laughs> For the people who are probably like in the dark, uh, about as in the dark about this as they were about Guardians of the Galaxies, what might people be able to expect given this new info just about the deviants or you know, they, there's mention of uh, the Black Knight probably making a cameo. Um, I mean, I'm not really sure what to make of it yet, but I do know that the um, there's going to be a comic series coming out very, very soon by Kieran Gillen and drawn by Asad Ribic um, that may give us some clues on which way the movie storyline will go. Um, I do wonder what the overarching, like, storyline will be for phase four phase five and phase six of the of the mcu mm-hmm. clearly i think the eternals will be the backbone of that we've definitely talked about that in the podcast before uh but i think you know this whole idea of like kind of like a secret society um or secret societies rather 
like waging war uh, against the backdrop of everything that happened in the Marvel Universe is what we'll and probably end up seeing. So that they they're definitely switching the deviants because they're not really alien predators like the Eternals and the deviants were both created on Earth by the Celestials. Right. So now they're aliens from off world, I guess, if the world alien is what it is. Um, yeah, so they're changing it a little bit. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I, I, maybe they like lived on Earth for a little bit, you know, before the moon was here and then yeah, yeah. moved. And then this whole species has cropped up of human beings and they're like coming back home and they're like thinking, what the fuck are all these rats doing here? These <laughs> simians. They lived underground, right? Yeah. I wonder how they might try and execute the fact that, like, for Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, they did a pretty good job of building up a team. But we've seen a lot of team building already, uh, not just in Marvel, but in other movies as well. And it it's more often goes bad than well. And I think that their ability to find a dynamic that makes you know, a group of very distinct characters actually work together. Uh, it'll be interesting. I'm going to even I, read, yeah. reread the whole Eternals being extraterrestrials from a faraway planet. This is definitely 100% different. Did you ever read, Clark, did you ever read the Neil Gaiman uh, Eternals? I was mysteries? about to talk about it, yeah. Speak on I it. Now he's not. The, the <laughs> Gaiman version is... Um, as if all of the Eternals have kind of like lost their memories of who they used to be. And so they're in these other shells of their forms. And so they are slowly are getting their memories back and therefore kind of ripping themselves out of these fake bodies and stuff. Yeah. Fake versions of themselves. And I don't want to spoil what happens at the end of it, but that's the general thing. And they're joining back up together, having not even remembered each other existing. It's very, I think it's very influenced by American Gods because uh, mm-hmm. Gaiman wrote God, American Gods or was published in like 2001 and then the uh, Eternals miniseries that he wrote with John Romita Jr. doing the art came out like 06, 07. So I definitely think that was kind of in his mindset of like gods who have forgotten themselves. I mean, they bring uh, in a, slowly good, remembering. a character that was super important. I'm not going to say who it is in the, in the Gaiman's miniseries um is showing up here and that's a character that wasn't really important before that miniseries okay you can spoil it clark it's like like it's 13 years old (laughs) i'm not spoiling it because it could be important for the movie the movie's new fuck them fuck if the the movie wasn't going to exist then i would spoil it but it's going to exist and i'm not going to spoil it all All right right, fine very noble um Moving on. So still trying to clean up decades of not caring about continuity and what actually happened to whom. Writer Fabian Nicieza. I can't, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it. Nicieza. Nicieza. Sorry about that. And artist Brett Booth will be telling the story of the third Summers brother. And it will be in continuity under the Marvel Legends storyline. Sorry, the X-Men Legends storyline. It'll involve Adam X, who has some really stupid powers. Vulcan and surely other characters. What do you guys think of Marvel trying to resolve this decades long mystery? I mean, this is what I'm happy with it. Cause I, I just, as we said, I just love, I just love dangling pot plot threads and then tying them together. Kaylin, I don't actually really care too much about Adam X, but I do like the fact that someone even remembers enough to tie it off, kill him off. I'm fine with that, but at least finish the story. I, I don't hate the idea of it. I hate who's involved. Um, like if this was like a Jonathan Hickman or somebody from the Dawn of X books writing it, I'd be great. Baby Nicieza has, um, you know, done really good work in the past. Like I liked his Cable Deadpool series. I liked mm-hmm. New Warriors back in the 90s. I liked, um, I think his X-Force was actually like really underrated. Um, and I even liked his Thunderbolts, but like, it just seems like it's like an old school choice to tell the story. And then you got Brett Booth, whose art I already don't really care for. It's like complete like Jim Lee clone 90s nonsense. Also, and also Brett Booth is, is a piece of shit. He's like, he's a terrible human being. Um, you know, so like he's definitely part of the like uh, on the wrong side of the Me Too stuff. Um, um, like, and he hasn't been uh, 
held accountable yet for some of the stuff that he's been uh, that he's been accused of, of doing. So it's just like it makes it like I, I, I'm semi interested in the concept. I'm not interested in the in the creators, especially the artist. Well, this is only going to be one issue. Each issue is going to have a different writer, a different there. It's called X-Men Legends because it's legends who have written the X-Men throughout history. And Peter gotcha. David's going to do it and Claremont's going to do it. And they're all going to bring up their really old dangling plot threads. That's why I like it. I don't really care about this issue because I don't care about Adam X. And but I'm definitely excited for ones that come after that are going to do stuff with dangling plot threads that are going to matter more to me. Well, it's perfect that they picked those writers because Adam X's power is apparently making your blood boil. I mean, he's the one who he's the one who wrote him in the first place. That's why they have him. I don't know why they decided they needed this storyline, but if they wanted to do Adam X, then it had to be him in terms of this miniseries or series, whichever it may be. Yeah. So in other comic news, um, DC Comics has named Marie Javins as its editor-in-chief. She's going to be taking over from the co-editor-in-chief position that she shared with Michelle Wells after DC's parent company, AT&T, did some restructuring and ousted Bob Haras. Is there anything about Jarvis that we think might actually be really good for DC? Or what is DC lacking? Or you know, what potential do they have that they aren't really exploiting that you know, kind of Javins can help make happen. Kaylin? Uh, I, I love that you called her Jarvis, as in like the robotic oh. butler of yes. Iron Man. Uh, but, uh, Mary Javins getting the editor-in-chief position is, I think, very good news for DC. Uh, she's got a long history of editing some really nice books. She's both an editor and a colorist, um, you know, following certain creators on Twitter. They're all like very happy with this decision. I think she's going to be very progressive. I think she's going to bring in new um, uh, voices uh, uh, on the books. I think she's going to take chances, which is something DC desperately needs. They like always seem to retreat into like the safe, like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Justice League stuff. And I, I think the company is best when it's uh, definitely been uh, uh, taken, taken some risks here. Um, Bob Harris as editor-in-chief, he was the editor, like, during the New 52 stuff, and even after that, like, if it gives you any kind of indication, he was editor-in-chief of Marvel a while back, he was the X-Men editor, like, in the 80s and 90s, um, he's very old school, um, and, like, he's just, he believes, like, comics need to be a certain way, and he was trying to recapture that magic of, like, when comics sold in the millions during the speculator days of the 80s and early 90s, and, um, I think he was a bad fit for DC. Uh, I definitely did not like his books. And, um, you know, I think, I think this is positive. Yeah, there's, I think as far as DC's problems go is that in any industry, you're gonna wanna try and, you know, crank out your biggest hits. But DC has a particular problem of not really having a vision for even how to re-embrace those biggest hits. So everything kind of comes out a mess in any iteration that they do it. Um, and so having someone who's new, who actually has explicitly stated, they wanna give a voice to, um, you know, different writers and artists who have not had as much representation in the industry, I think is a very good sign. Do you know who I decided today that I wanted to sleep with? Christoph yes. Waltz. Oh. <laughs> is that weird? That was who I was going mean, to I was going to guess that. Christoph Waltz? Yes. Based on which role? I don't know. I just saw him not in a role. I actually I was watching him on old Saturday Night Live uh, clip. But I, I'm into it. Is this Clark's got something? Watch out. <laughs> no, that's just my opinion on DC Comics. Very germane there. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Um... I agree. I don't know what else to say about that. Um, so let's wrap up our news segment with a special thought. Um, because we were mired in the intensity of the election last week and didn't record a full regular episode, we'd just like to take a quick minute to congratulate Grant Morrison on coming out as non-binary. Uh, they're yeah. one of our favorite writers and they've been working as a producer on the new show, Brave New World, 
on the NBC. Rest in peace. Peacock, which is where TV shows go to not be seen. So congratulations to Grant. Uh, I don't know if you guys had any uh, thoughts about it. Any parts of his uh, career that you thought like, oh my gosh, this makes, this helps to tell his stories better. Kalen? I don't know if it uh, helps him tell his stories better, but I'm, you know, I'm very proud that he did this. Um, it explains a lot like of some of the stuff he was doing in The Invisibles way back in the 90s. Uh, if you've ever read that series, like it was super progressive and having, um, you know, uh, a drag queen uh, uh, as one of the main characters, uh, as well as a lesbian as a main character. And so like he definitely played a lot with gender fluidity and um, and, and gender and, and like sexual fluidity as well. Um, so it just it, like none of it surprises me and I'm really happy for him. All right, uh, that's our news flash. Uh, let's move into a pitch game, huh? You guys want a pitch game? I'll yes, pitch do something. It. All right, let's. All right, we've fucking been putting this off for so long, and all it took for us to was to permanently kick off Adam and uh, Ryan from our podcast. They'll never be returning <laughs> again. Um, so let's do a pitch game. It's time to finally. The people are waiting. It's time to finally make a Superman movie that doesn't fucking suck. Who's got something? And if someone doesn't, I can start. You want to start, oh, Brent? Sure. <laughs> okay, don't, uh, don't get too chatty. Um, all right, so the idea is Superman, he's like on Earth. He's been saving the day. He goes back to his pod that he was sent here, you know, trying to like reconnect with himself and his past and he like re-watches the video he's watched over and over again of his mother saying like you know we're sorry we had to send you away you know our world is destroyed you're the last survivor of krypton and so he decides that what he wants to do is like actually go visit the site of his home world and he he flies there and he realizes that it's perfectly fine and it's, it hasn't been exploded. And he lands on Krypton and he learns that basically he was considered a genetic defect compared to Kryptonians and that his parents in, abandoned him, but his mother kind of, you know, did the kind of uh, Oedipal, um, I'm going to put you on the side of a mountain rather than actually execute you. And so rather than be a person who's like, oh, you know, I, I'm an orphan, he has to reconcile with the fact that he's been abandoned. And at this point now, Krypton actually does need help and he could help them, but he has to decide whether or not he really wants to try and save this planet that's forsaken him or just return to a world that's actually embraced him as a hero. Kalen? So uh, I have two questions. One, um, what was... Kal-El's defect that made them send him away. Cal, so Cal is a Kal-El is a geneticist and, and, a, and a eugenicist. So he is like he is their top scientist, but their top. No, no, no. no. That's Jor. That's Jor-El. Kal-El is Sorry. Superman. Oh, oh, oh. He's like really weak. So he like he gets some strength from our son, but compared to all the other Kryptonians, he is like terribly pathetic and meager. His his defect is that he has a curl on his forehead. They don't approve of that there. Yeah, and they're like, this is stupid. You have black hair? Fuck him. Send him to okay. another planet. Okay, so then that kind of leads into my second question. Um, so, like, canonically, um, like, Kryptonians didn't have superpowers because they were under a red sun. And then when Superman got sent to Earth, that was under a yellow sun. That's why he has all these powers. So like Kryptonians right. technically don't have powers. So were they gaslighting him this entire time when they were like, they were really strong. And then like Superman was like kind of weakling, but then like him going to Earth, like he got some powers, uh, but he's still weak when he gets back to Krypton. So like, how does he save them? Yeah, he's you know what? I'll, I'll make a slight edit. It's that compared to uh, under a red sun, he was basically like, he wasn't very strong. He wasn't what the Kryptonians thought was strong, so they sent him away. 
and under a different sun, more importantly, under a more multicultural accepting society, you know, like he actually became stronger by going away and being like, you know, you know, that's the subtext that like he learned about what it meant to be a human. But when he comes back, being under the yellow sun did make him stronger. That's why he can actually save them. I don't know if he does. I think he might just let the planet explode. <laughs> now that would be a great ending. It just, it's like, it's a 10 minute movie and then it explodes and then just credits come and it's like, and everyone's in like, that moment, in that moment, Superman had the opportunity to decide to save an entire world or to uh, save himself. And he just let them explode. <laughs> uh, and at the, the first thing you see in the closing credits is a film by Zack Snyder. Um, yes. <laughs> so, so my pitch is um, it opens up with the White House and then you see uh, a black president, you know, at the Oval Office behind the desk, uh, very sort of Barack Obama looking, but younger and even more handsome, if you can believe it. Uh, and he's, it's played by uh, Michael B. Jordan. So like to visualize it. Mm, okay. And then Bounce he hears an alarm. He hears an alarm. Uh, and then he gets up and then he opens up his uh, shirt and he is the Superman from his Earth. Uh, Calvin Ellis, uh, who is uh, African-American and also the president. Turns out the whole movie is actually a kind of a giant cosmic crisis, multi-Superman kind of crossover. Because what I want out of a Superman movie, one, obviously I don't want an origin story. Everybody knows like how Superman came to be. Second, I don't want anything grimdark. Fuck you, Zack Snyder. I want bombastic like cosmic shit that I've never seen in a Superman movie where you have multiple Superman coming together to be able to like fix whatever temporal problem that is happening in the multiverse. Right. Uh, question. So was Cal Ellis elected on the fact that he's a Superman or did he have to keep his Supermanery secret like, like Superman does? Like, does he, he so get into a phone booth to, like, turn into Superman? Well, it's not 1954, so he's not going into a phone booth. But um, it... Oh, he, that's, he, that's ridiculous that they still need <laughs> lines. But he, uh, uh, he kept his Superman identity a secret while he was running for office. And then after he got inaugurated, he was like, guess what? I'm Superman. He's like, I didn't want... I didn't want to like use this as to my advantage, you know, because like if you knew I was Superman, you'd have voted for me anyway. I wanted you to vote for me because, you know, uh, I'm the best man for the job. But surely second term, he's mentioning that. Surely. On oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. At that like, point, yeah. By the yeah. way, I am Superman. So whatever logos you want to come up with for me that are like Superman-like. Yeah. Yeah. The Republicans didn't even nominate somebody like to take him on in the second term. But, Do you think uh, he would have been you, happy if, if the United States was like it, it was red and blue but there had to be some independent states so that like there was yellow spots as well oh like, so like his belt a little bit. Yeah. yeah yeah there you go it's those are the southern belt states uh but um uh, the other supermen that are in there like we've got like the normal like zero superman we've got like older superman we've got you know uh superboy prime in there they're all coming together to fight whatever like uh, big bad, which I haven't thought through yet, uh, but they're coming together. But I want, I think the audience is so um, attuned to who Superman is that you can do some really crazy, wacky shit. Some of the stuff that we saw in the CW Arrowverse shows, but get, you know, a better writer, a better director, better special effects, and just put it on the big screen. I think it'd be nuts if that was like the super, like if you had, if you really went crazy and the supermen are all trying to solve something like how to how to eliminate loopholes in the tax system, or they're like we've got a huge <laughs> raccoon problem in North Dakota. Like it's something so ridiculous. Clark, do you have a pitch? So, Superman is actually an Earthling named Bruce Wayne. And he fights crime and there's all this cop stuff and the mob is there. And then he's got some wacky villains. And then sometimes it's grimdark, but then there's some humor and then there's a car. And then 
Wait, and then Clark, people like it, you? but I don't. Can I stop you? Yes. Are you describing Batman? <laughs> no. Is that just Batman, Clark? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's a Superman movie. How funny though would it be? Make a lot of money. Parents were killed, and then he became Batman. <laughs> Yo, he that became was a, Bruce Wayne. There was an Elseworlds that did that, where it was basically Clark Kent or uh, Kal El was sent to Earth, and the Waynes adopted him. Make that uh, money. And, and then, uh, yeah, exactly. He was basically a rich guy, but like he becomes Super Batman essentially. It was called Speeding Bullets. Well, there you go. Me and Speeding Bullets writer um, were copacetic. Yeah. Um, kind of related to that. Um, so Alan Moore, you know, he wrote Superman for a little bit in the eighties and then, um, you know, left DC comics for the whole Watchmen stuff. Um, and in the nineties, um, worked with Rob Layfield's company originally was image. And then it became like awesome comics, which is stupid name, but he, um, wrote, uh, like Layfield, like Superman, uh, analog character called Supreme. And his run was actually really good. And it had a really cool concept of, um, like, like there was a brand new, like, Supreme that showed up, uh, but it was continuity, like, um, you know, or, like, the timeline kind of, like, uh, revamping itself. And there was a kind of a limbo dimension that had all the previous versions of Supreme that were there that said, you know, I was Supreme from this era, I was Supreme from that era, and, like, this is, like, what I went through. And so, like, once that timeline was over, they got to get, just go chill in limbo. And I was like, that's kind of a neat idea. I really like that. Okay. All right. Well, those are our Superman pitch games. Um, Clark, somehow yours is my favorite. Um, <laughs> uh, as his as his hookups have reported, Clark's got something. Watch out. Clark, I believe you have something. Christoph Waltz will find out. Um, so we, we mentioned it very lightly. Um, so we know that Joe Biden won, yes. Yes. Some sort of election thing, even though the world's going to crap and in our waiting for the next month and a half until it happens. But I've decided that, you know, how he's starting to think about what his cabinet's going to be. I think we should give him our definitive list of his cabinet positions. So, for example, you can give ones that obviously aren't going to work. Like Dolores Umbridge from Harry Potter definitely should not be education, even though Betsy DeVos basically is her. Um, yeah. Scrooge McDuck should not be a part of Treasury because he would just hold all the shit. We wouldn't get anything anywhere. Um, I was thinking, for example, just an example. I like Secretary of Transportation to be Panthro from the Thundercats because he's like he can build anything from fucking nothing. So, anyways, let's get some ideas, yeah. please. And oh, we'll I like the, I we'll, like this. Little... We'll tell yeah, Biden what he has to do. Starting off yeah. from the top, Secretary of State. Who's going to be the best with the the foreign powers? Ooh. Open us Ooh, out. Uh, this could be like any. It has to be fictional, and that's the only. That's the only limitation. It's the only limitation. The ultimate diplomat, I would say. Ultimate diplomat would be. I, I think Professor it, X. Professor, oh, I was going to say Kate Pride. Kate Pride. Okay. Yeah, I think like uh, if you don't want her in your country, too bad. She'll phase through. Yeah. Kate Pride. She's there. She cares. I think Storm would actually be pretty good in that department as well. Storm would also be really good. You know what she did in Wakanda? I don't think so. <laughs> That's because she, <laughs> she had goes to. into one country and ruins diplomatic relations with them. That's definitely oh, you know, her emails situation. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder Woman would actually make a good Secretary of State. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes, she's her state is that you're worse than her state. There you go. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what our current one probably thinks. What's another department? Okay, next one. Uh, Treasury. Who, who Who's doing the money? Oh, Oswald Cobblepot. Oswald Cobblepot. He is the Steve <laughs> Mnuchin <laughs> of the finance work. Kaylin, any I would, ideas? I would give it to, like, in that vein, I'd give it to Bruce Wayne. A billionaire, but that's kind of a philanthropist and like trying to do the right thing. Yeah, not completely I, terrible like the ones I keep thinking Richie Rich and Scrooge McDuck and every kind of miserly piece of shit. Yeah. But see, like, right. wouldn't, like wouldn't Scrooge McDuck be great for it? Because No, because he never lets a single bit of it go ever. 
I just feel like he, he gets he, angry if someone takes a dollar from him. But like well, if he if he's not legal, it's not legally his. So he'd just be really good at accounting for it. Whereas I feel like Bruce Wayne would be terrible at it because he never really would want that job. He would want Secretary of State. Good stuff to think about. Let's all yeah, okay. go to Secretary of Defense. <laughs> no, no counter opinions. Okay. Well, Steve we, Rogers. Steve Rogers is defense. Kalen. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah. Brent, any ideas? None yet. None yet. Good, but honestly, I think of him as president. Well, well, Joe, Joe, Joe Biden won't allow that. He is currently good. He's going to be president. This is who we're giving him. This is the. This is our short list. All right, we him. have to. We have to maintain that. Yet, this is yes. He he. This is real. This is really happening. All right, Attorney General. I'm saying She-Hulk. Oh, that's a good one. I was gonna say Daredevil. Those are both very good. Who's the Dragon Lady? <laughs> oh, uh, Evangeline um, uh, Whedon. Yeah. yeah, I like her. Dragon Lady. Dragon. Anybody else? Any other famous? I was going to say Harvey Birdman, but he's awful at his job. Uh, maybe a like galactic space chicken. <laughs> now I might just be a simple hop of space chicken. <laughs> all right, all right, let's get through them. Keep Attorney General, oh, I already did that one. Um, a Secretary of the Interior, I said Krakoa, because you know it's all about land and shit. I feel like oh, that's I good. Oh, I was going to say agriculture for her. Poison for Ivy, yeah. Uh, I mean, the obvious is Ron Swanson. Oh, yeah. That is a good one. For interior? Yeah. All right. We, we just did agriculture. Poison Ivy. Anyone else? Who else is a good plant? Or... Swamp, swamp, swamp thing. Swamp thing. Very nice. All right. Anyone else? Brent? Anybody? Why are you writing these names down? Yes, because we have to make decisions at the end. We got to make the final decision to give him. <laughs> no, what do you think we're doing? What, what do you think we're here for? We're giving the future for? president of the list that he has to use. I don't know who does agriculture things. Who does plant stuff? Swamp thing. I don't know anyone. Jolly Green Giant. Red Red Root. How about Red Root from the X Men books right now? I think like Red give Root. it to someone who can't. Who's like because they always give it to someone who's like out of left field for one of the positions. They're like yeah, guess what? We picked Rick Santorum. He's fictional or should be. All right, Secretary <laughs> of Commerce. Who's good at business and shit? Ooh, and uh, trading, all that good stuff. Tony Stark. He's a good trader. Maybe I'm trying to think of like a good businessman that's not evil. It is like it is. I think Mycroft Holmes. Okay, I can get behind it. He's it's a position yeah. he would like. It's relatively high up, and it requires a lot of like uh, stupid, boring tasks. But you still have to be pretty competent to do it. He, he does love some boring shit. Oh, um, Oliver Queen might be good. He has money. Oliver Twist. Oliver Queen, not Oliver No, Twist. it's pronounced Twist, Kalen. I wrote okay. it down. All, All right, right, Secretary of Labor. Ooh. Well, see, like, jobs yeah. and stuff. What's What's Hercules? 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 With his 12 labors. His 12 labors? Oh, okay. Uh, that's very nice. Uh, how about uh, uh, the Weasley mother? Because she went into labor 12 <laughs> times. <laughs> Get away from her, you bitch. <laughs> God, I got to think of her name. Well, I'll come back to the name. All right, we got through health and human services. Who's going to be our doctor? HHS. Dr. Doom. Got to be, it's got to be, what's her name? The woman who saved uh, all of the mutants. Or is she even a mutant? She's she saved all of the mutants. Got a name, Christina Applegate or something. Christina Applegate. I'm writing that down. Christina Aguilera. She cured super chlamydia. Uh, oh, Dr. Kavita Rao. No, it's the woman who is who is like Cecilia Reyes. Cecilia Reyes. Dr. Nemesis. Nemesis would be good. Dr. Strange would be good. Dr. Mario. Oh shit, Dr. Mario. I'm into that. All right, Dr. Octagon. 
We're only we only so have four left. All right. Housing. Who's dying housing? Anyone is important. Let's just keep Ben Carson at dying of, of, of COVID. Wreck it, Ralph. Uh, Sorry, uh, HUD. HUD would I'm trying to think who would be good for HUD. Um uh, Wreck it Ralph is, is kind of funny, but awful. Uh no, it's House MD, because his name is House. Oh God! Sometimes really they pick just... positions that way, Clark. Sometimes they pick positions that way. That's fine. I'm fine. Yeah, that's why I'm fucking a guy who's not a Purdue chicken person is Secretary of our, our Agriculture. Let's go to what is next? Oh, I said transportation. I already said Tiger for. I mean, uh, Panther for it. Anyone else? Uh, transportation. How about Optimus? Oh, Prime? Uh, Lightning McQueen. Lightning McQueen. I like Optimus Prime. That's good. Um. Or the Flash. Cow. Uh, second uh, energy. We're almost there. I feel like uh, you firestorm. Lock him up, but uh, Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say like one of the nuclear powered ones. Yeah. No, no. Okay. Education. Um, Black Lightning, because um, uh, Jefferson Pierce is actually a teacher, and I think in some universe he did become the Secretary of Education. Oh, very nice. I'm going to say Dr. Manhattan, but like a different split apart version of himself. Another Dr. Manhattan? Yeah. I was going to say that teacher from Matilda that was really nice and ended up taking her away from her shitty parents. She was great. Nice yeah. teacher. Um, okay, two more. Veterans Affairs. Who likes a veteran? I think that would be a good Captain America, Steve. That Rogers. would be a good Captain America one. Maybe uh, Dum Dum Dugan. Wolverine. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. All right. All right. Last one. Homeland Security. Homeland Security should be some sort of fucked up thing. I think this will be a Tony Starker. Star. I feel like it's a Nick Fury kind of thing. But Nick I Fury. Characters. All right. Uh, Agent, Agent Brand. Because Homeland Security is now about extraterrestrial threats. That's too. true. Okay. Let's quickly give, give him the final list. We're voting. Okay. We're going to make it to the top. And Secretary of State. All right, Professor X, Kate Pride, Storm, or Wonder Woman? Who goes for Wonder, Wo Wonder Woman? I go for Wonder Woman. Me like too. Wonder Woman. All right, Wonder Woman is, is in. All right. Treasury. We have Oswald, Cofflepot, Bruce Wayne. I don't remember who else we said. Right. I say Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. All right. What do you think? I, I think Oswald, Cofflepot. I I'm going for Oswald, Cofflepot, too. <laughs> I want some gangland jackass. All right. All right. Um, treasury. Money. Money. Oh, no, I already just did that one. Defense. Yes. Who's going to be defense? I wrote down something. Oh, Steve Tony Rogers. Stark. Yes. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Steve Rogers and... I put it in know. Tony Stark. That's a better defense one. Than yeah, mine. I think Tony Stark he, will be right. All he right. was a great defense in the comics. Yep. Well, there you go. Attorney General, yeah. we have She-Hulk, Daredevil, Evangeline Whedon, and Galactic Space Chicken. <laughs> Galactic, Galactic Space Chicken. Galactic Space Chicken. Chicken. Got it. All right. Secretary of Interior, we have uh, Krakoa and someone else. Ron Swanson. Yes, Ron, Ron Swanson. Who are we thinking? Ron, Ron, Ron Swanson. Swanson. Yeah. Caleb, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Nation. Yeah. All right. Agriculture. We have Poison Ivy, Swamp Thing, and the Jelly Green Giant. <laughs> Jolly Green Giant. Jolly Green Giant. I'm into the Jolly Green Giant. All right. He's not very effective. Com Commerce. We have Tony Stark, Mycroft, and Oliver McQueen. You already gave Mycroft, and I support that. Do you continue with that? I do. All right. All I'll right. stay with Mycroft, too. All right. That was a very thought out. We've got a voting block, Kalen. You better watch out. Yeah. Labor. What's labor going to be? I forgot. Hercules. Uh, or Ron Hercules Weasley's mom. And Ron Weasley's mom. Hercules. <laughs> Not good. But like bisexual Hercules. Bisexual Hercules. <laughs> I'm choosing Ron Weasley's mom. Yeah, okay. I'm choosing Ron Weasley's mom. <laughs> Fuck y'all. No, you know what? You know what? I'm choosing I'm choosing Hercules. <laughs> All right, fine. I'm trying to think what her name is. All right, anyways, next. Um, house and oh, human serve health and human services. Excuse me. We have Doctor Doom, Doctor Kavita Rao, Christina Applegate for some reason, Cecilia Reyes, and Doctor Nemesis. It wasn't really Christina Applegate. It was Cecilia <laughs> Reyes, but I couldn't remember her name. 
Dr. Mario. What are we doing? Dr. Mario. Uh, Dr. Mario. Dr. Mario, yes. All right, Dr. Mario. Okay, transportation. We have Panthro and some other sluts. Um, or, or, or Optimus Prime, The Flash, and Lightning McQueen. Uh, Optimus Prime. I'm choosing Optimus Prime as well. Okay, and Secretary of Energy. We have um, Dr. Manhattan and Doc Firestorm. Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Okay. And, and we got education now. We have Black Lightning, Dr. Manhattan, and the nice teacher who helped Matilda out. Black Lightning. Black Lightning. I'll do it. Okay, Veterans Affairs, Steve Rogers, Dum Dum Dugan, and Wolverine. 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 Okay. And finally, home. Oh, no. Yeah. Vet, um, Homeland Security, Nick Fury, or Agent Brand? I Agent choose Brand. Agent Brand. Okay, so we're going to tell. Watch right. out, Joe. Let's call it. Hello, Joe. One call button. Hey, Joe, what's going on? We got so we got your. You. We've got your final list right here. Secretary of State, gotta be Wonder Woman. Secretary of Treasury, Oswald Cobblepot. Secretary of Defense is, I once again can't find- Clark, if we go over this list one more time, I'm gonna blow my brains out. <laughs> <laughs> heard Shut up. our choices. Att Attorney General they is obviously collected space chicken. Secretary of the Interior is Juan Swanson. Secretary of Commerce is Mycroft. Secretary of Labor, you have got to be Hercules. Secretary for the of people Health and Human Services is Dr. Mario. Or Housing Urban Development is I forgot once again. We didn't even say it. House MD. We didn't circle that House one. MD. House yeah. MD. Secretary of Transportation is fucking Optimus Prime. Secretary of Energy, Dr. Manhattan. Secretary of Education, I was going to say that teacher, but it's Black Lightning. And Secretary of Veterans Affairs, Wolverine, Secretary of Homeland Security, the star of it all, Agent Brand. All right, Biden, listen to that shit and listen well. And yeah, Clark, Clark, why don't you repeat it one more time, just in case he might have missed it. All right, all no, right. Yeah, so we're moving on. Clark had something. Clark Professor had Xavier. <laughs> we did it three times. Okay. We had the vote. Let's move on to the comics. Uh, Kaylin, do you want to take us through or do you want me to? Um, I got it. Um, so we, uh, as Brent mentioned, we weren't on last week. We just did a quick little message. So we had some comics from last week. Uh, Thor number nine and Wolverine Black, White, and Blood number one. So in Thor, uh, Thor wants to bring back Donald Blake, uh, who was his alter ego way back when, and he needs Loki's help to do it. Turns out Donald's been in an idyllic pocket dimension, but when Thor and heads there uh, to switch places with him, it's essentially hell. And Donald Blake, when he comes to our universe, looks like an extra from Vikings. Uh, he ends up breaking the walking stick, which is the only way to get Thor back. Not a lot happened in this issue, but it looked real pretty while it was happening. I liked it. Well, I loved it because it was basically just Miracle Man. That's it. It was 100% Miracle Man. And if you liked it, you liked Miracle Man. Admit it. I like Miracle Man. I'm not the one you have to convince. Do you love it? The only yeah. reason I don't love Miracle Man is because you gave us a 45-minute synopsis of what it was on that podcast. I don't believe that happened. Uh, let's roll the tape. that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really. I think it's. I think it's an interesting thing because I that that's a part of um, you know, Thor lore that you know there's this character and I think a lot of people who might look up on Wikipedia part of Thor's like backstory. It seems like a weird, you know, part of his history that doesn't often get revisited. But I think this is a very interesting way of doing it. It's a very Silver Age idea that didn't work much further than that. It's it's very, I don't know. Like he's, they don't use Donald Blake much for a reason. It's just because it's unnecessary. Yeah, how, that's how right. How are you gonna deal with him while you're dealing with all these really awesome magical things going on in Asgard? It's just, okay, here's his weird alter ego, but not really, but sure, but huh? So I, I think... like the fact they're just gonna like really dig into him and also just straight up make him a villain. 
the Marvel universe is interesting to me because right now the only major character I can think of that still has like a secret identity is Spider-Man. Both Spider-Man, both Peter Parker and Miles Morales. Like, you know, I don't know what the current status for Daredevil is, but at some point everybody knew his identity. And then I remember they put the genie back in the bottle there, but like it still seems like to be an open secret. Like they definitely got rid of like Tony Stark as uh or Tony Stark uh uh, not being known as Iron Man, same for Steve mm-hmm. Rogers as Captain America. It's just like secret identities don't really work in the Marvel universe in the same way that DC universe does. So yeah, I'm, to your point, I'm glad like the Donald Blake stuff went away, but it's an interesting idea. I mean, Donny Cates is a phenomenal writer. Um, it just, this issue felt very quick to me because when I reread it today, I was like, gosh, this like, like the conversation between Thor and Loki was really good. And I think the Nick Klein as the artist like did such a, phenomenal job especially of showing the hellscape of um uh donald blake's pocket universe uh, with the dragon and everything but it just moved too fucking quickly that's interesting you thought it moved too quickly because for me it felt it felt very much like um the kind of epic story that uh kate's is trying to create like and i think that some of my favorite part was the artwork in the hellscape because it makes you look at one point, then look at another, and look at another, and you're going from panel to panel, kind of like deeply staring at it, that you kind of get lost in this, you know, almost this, you know, nightmare. I, I really liked it. I didn't think it was too short. I didn't think it flew by. Um, I thought it was good. excellent. Yeah. Um, well, I'm excited to see what happens next. Um, like I've loved almost every issue of Donny Cates' Thor. So the next issue that we read uh, actually last week, but talking about it this week, is the anthology miniseries called Wolverine Black, White, and Blood, which is uh, each issue is going to have at least three stories told by uh, different creators. It's very reminiscent of uh, Batman Black and White that was came out back in the 90s and then in the aughts and again in the teens. Uh, where they're focusing on sort of like um, historical elements of Logan's past. So the first story in this issue was by Jerry Dugan and, and, uh, and Adam Kubert. Uh, two uh, uh, creators were no strangers to Wolverine. It's basically a tale of Weapon X versus Wendigo in the Canadian wild. The second story is by Matthew Rosenberg, um, who we've known has written a lot of stuff, including stuff we've liked and stuff we've hated and by regular X-Force artist Joshua Kassara. It's Secret Agent Logan versus Hydra. And look, there's Nick Fury. And then story number three is by uh, Declan Shalvey, who is an artist turned writer artist uh, and is also Irish. Uh, and it's a Grant Morrison era Wolverine saving a baby from some bad guys. What did you all think? Brent? Brent. I think that uh, I, I very much enjoyed this. Um, there's a lot of Wolverine's history that often gets retread. And so I was glad to see that it seemed kind of the approach to this was, you know, a lot of the other surrounding story. We don't need to fill you in on who, what, where, whatever. The more important thing is like the emotional circumstance of each section. So, you know, Wolverine kind of as a spy Wolverine as the kind of loner who still cares or Wolverine as a victim of a terrible corporate system. And each of these to me felt kind of like, you know, Kill Bill when it all goes black and white. Like there's a part of it where you could see it being in a movie as being this one small section that's set in black and white and gives you enough of the past that you don't need anything extra. Each one kind of feels full enough on their own yeah clark um the thing about christoph waltz that i like is i didn't (laughs) read this comic and i forgot to read it a second time so i don't know um i will say it's a beautiful comic to look at it is yes absolutely stunning like every chapter just looked like just gorgeous and lush and they did a really nice job of adding in splashes of red when they needed to, and the black and white worked well. I felt the stories were very slight, and part of it is, I think they were also very linear. Part of it is, 
I just realized, um, not just realized, uh, but known for a while that like, I'm just not that interested in Logan when he's solo. Uh, I like him interacting with the other X characters or even other Marvel characters. There's a little bit of that in the second story with Nick Fury, but it's not quite enough for me. Um, so I was like, I, I basically spent uh, time in both times reading it, just like marveling at the art, but just being kind of ho-hum about all three stories. Maybe I was my mind, maybe because you've read much more Wolverine than I have. Uh, I feel like I was filling in a lot of blanks that made it feel richer. But yeah, if you've, if you've seen a lot of this before, I can see how it might seem bare compared to other storylines. I think um, my interest in Wolverine completely like just went down the drain after Marvel did Origin um, in the early 2000s. Oh, and. Yeah. And it just was like, when Joe Quesada took over as editor-in-chief, he's like, one of the things he said, I'm gonna, pr I promised to let everybody know Wolverine's secret origin and everybody got excited. And then they read it and they're like, can we, all, can we just all forget what it was? And just that like rather- dogs versus cats thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. Where he was like, it was awful. Yeah. Oh no! And the, the, I can't even. I just like mumbling over words because it was so terrible. The yeah. only thing I liked about it was Ruby Thursday had two issues in it, and she's like just some woman with a giant red orb as a head. I don't even remember that. But um, I mean, Wolverine worked for me better when you didn't know his entire backstory. He was a man of mystery. You got glimpses of it here and then. I remember like Uncanny X Men number, I think it was two sixty six. It was a cover of. Wolverine, uh, Captain America, and Black Widow in the cover, and it was like you found out like just how old Wolverine could be, because he was um, virtually the same age during World War II uh, when he and Captain America had to team up to save a very young uh, Natasha Romanoff uh, from Baron Strucker and and Hydra uh, when they were an offshoot of the Nazis. So like I was like that kind of stuff as a kid. I was like, oh holy shit, this is so fucking cool. But um, all the all the filling in the pieces, I'm like. Mm bored now. The joy has died. The joy has died. Well, all right. Um, so that's been our uh, issue. Um, be sure to check out our review of Ten of Swords, which is released on Friday. This past week, we were featuring special guest Jason from the Wolverine podcast that goes snicked. Uh, thanks for listening to our regular episode. These are always released on Mondays with an issue number and a point five at the end. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram at Homosphere Podcast, Twitter at Homosphere X. We've been Christoph Waltz. Come on and break off a piece. Kaylin, you have to end it.